You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning, it's Christmas. And I, when I think of Christmas, there are four words that kind of bubble up. In fact, uh, this week, my wife and I received a gift that included three out of these four words. These four words are synonymous with Christmas, and those words are hope, peace, joy, or love, and joy. Let's say those together. Hope, peace, love, and joy. These are names, of, these are words that you would see on a mantle over the fireplace, or on a banner, or on an ornament, or on a billboard coming down the, the highway at Christmas time. And these are important words that we're trying to tackle over this season in this series. But what I understand is that even you're saying, yeah, these are important words. But the reality is that there are many among us and many in our community that don't feel these words. They're not experiencing these words to the fullest. They have a lack of joy. There's, uh, there's no love or there's, uh, there's no peace or they're feeling hopeless because marriages are struggling. Work is, a, is, is uh, an issue. Maybe finances are tight at this season. Or maybe sickness and pain uh, in your body has caused you a lack of one of these things. Or how many of you guys, just let's take a quick vote, love the cold weather in West Michigan? Anybody just love it? All right, yeah, we got some Michiganders here. But for the rest of you, you're saying, man, I could do without. Like, get me south, right? Uh, but it affects you. Or the gray days. Anybody prefer a gray day over a sunny day? Come on. Yo, get out of here. You raise your hand. Both services. You are crazy. And, um, and no, sun, but there, we get a lot of gray days here in West Michigan. And what it does, it leaves some people feeling hopeless. Your family members are feeling hopeless. Coworkers existing but feeling hopeless. Neighbors, friends. But the truth is, is that it doesn't have to be that way. This Christmas can absolutely be different. Amen? And this Christmas can be unforgettable, and it's going to be unforgettable when we realize that hope is here. And that was our theme last week, that hope is here. And you might say, Pastor Ben, that was great. Last week's message, man, hope, I'm feeling energized. I'm getting some help. I'm doing some things. And you say, man, that's great. But Pastor, haven't you had one of those days and I would say, yes, I have. How many of us have had one of those days or one of those weeks or one of those months or even one of those years when I was thinking of that and the reality that, that, that there's, there's trouble and there's issues in our, all of our lives, I thought of a book that we used to read our kids when they were young called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. How many have ever heard of this book? Yeah. Well, we're going to get our mind around it this morning. And so, it, so just bear with me. The story starts like this. Alexander, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now the gum is in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while the water was running, and I could tell it was going to be, say it with me, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. 
at breakfast. Anthony found a Corvette Stingray car kit in his breakfast cereal box. And Nick found a junior undercover agent code ring in his breakfast cereal box. But in my breakfast cereal box, all I found was breakfast cereal. In the carpool, Mrs. Gibson let Becky sit by the window. Audrey and Elliot, they got seats by the window too. I said I was being scrunched. I said I was being smushed. I said if I don't get to sit by the window, I'm going to be car sick. No one even answered. I could tell it was going to be, say with me, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. As the story goes on, he has issues at school. He has issues with his teachers. He has issues with his friends. And it escalates, and he ends up yelling at his friend Paul. He says this, I hope you sit on a tack. I hope the next time you get a double-decker strawberry ice cream cone, the ice cream falls on uh, the cone. And wait, what, Let me read it. The ice cream falls, part falls off the cone, part and lands in Australia. I can't read. <laughs> and the story goes on at lunchtime. At lunchtime, he gets, he, he's there at lunch, and it says there were two cupcakes in Philip Parker's lunch bag, and Albert got a Hershey bar with almonds, and Paul's mom gave him a piece of jelly roll that had little coconut sprinkles on top. Guess whose mother forgot to put in dessert? It was a terrible, say it with me, a horrible, no good, very bad day. After school, he ends up at the dentist, and nobody likes the dentist. Mom took us to the dentist, and Dr. Fields found a cavity just in me. Come back next week, and I'll fix it, said Dr. Fields. Next week, I said, I'm going to Australia. <laughs> He's walking out. He he slips and he falls. He starts to cry, and his brothers are teasing him. They get in a little scuffle, and he says, while I was punching Nick for calling me a crybaby, my mom came back with the car and scolded me for being muddy and fighting. He falls in the street, and the story goes on. He gets into a fight. He, he's at the story, there's issues. At his dad's work, there are issues. He late at night or at night on TV, there's kissing on TV. He says, yuck. And when he goes to bed, his bath is too hot. How many of us have had a terrible, horrible, very bad day, right? We've had those days. And what it speaks to me is when those types of days are occurring, there is a lack of peace. And today we want to talk about peace. And we want to talk about the importance of peace and that we all need the peace of God. But when we talk about the peace of God, let's just realize together that even in the best of situations, peace True peace is really, really rare. It's thin air. It's true peace is hard to find because what is typical and what is even is kind of like a badge of honor when someone comes up to you and says, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, well, you know, how's your week been? What, how do we respond? We say, oh, we're busy. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. I'm troubled. I'm overextended. Like it's a badge of honor. What all of those reflect is a lack of peace many times in our lives. And rarely 
are people truly at peace. It's really thin air. It's really rare for that to happen. And that's why Christmas and the Christmas story is so important. It's the most important story ever told. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. Not, not Just like hope last week uh, is found in the Christmas story, peace is found in the Christmas story as well. And without further ado, let's turn to Luke chapter 2, to the Christmas story. It's the greatest story ever told, Luke chapter 2. At the early parts of this chapter, we see that there's a census. We see that Joseph and Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, the parents of Jesus are making their way to Bethlehem. Uh, they, ha- they have the baby in a manger because there was no room in the You know the story. And then there were shepherds in the field. And last week we looked at verses 10, 11, and 12. And it says this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. In that, we saw three words that were hopeful, that a Savior was there, that a Messiah and the word good news all brought hope. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And then the story continues. Let's continue. It says, Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace. Everyone say peace. To those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said. But Mary, just like a good mother, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God, praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which they, which were just as they had been told. Now, in this, we find peace. It's back in verse 14. It says this, the the heavenly host, a thousand angels uh, singing this together, glory in the highest heaven and on earth peace on whose favor, on who his favor rests. When we talk about peace and we find it in God's word, peace is found over 400 times, depending on which Bible version you use, over 400 times in the Bible. Last week, there was hope only 130 times. And you say, well, I'm not sure. I believe the Bible. I'm here. I was here to celebrate with the kids, kind of watch them, you know, to do that. But, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I really believe. But could we, at a bare minimum, acknowledge that the Bible has sold more copies? Uh, there, are, there are more Bibles in the world and in production than any other book by far. There's nothing even close. And so you can look at it at least as a good piece of literature or a classic at least and learn something from it. Now, we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. But even if you don't, we can look to Scripture and find some truth in it, no doubt. And when you boil down the 400 verses about peace, and I studied a lot of these verses this week, you can, it can be summarized into three different categories. It's interesting. Every single time peace is used in Scripture, 
It's in one of these three things. It's either spiritual peace, emotional peace, or relational peace. Every single time, I encourage you, you can do a study with me and look at it. It's either going to be spiritual, emotional, relational. The idea here is that it's going to be eternal, which means it's forever, or it's internal, or it's going to be external, peace. And when you look at that, it begs the question, where do we, as God's people, or as just living our lives, where do we need peace? Well, there's only three areas where you and I need peace, and it's simple. It's either with God, with myself, or with those around us, with others. And that's it. Just three things. And so we're going to look at those three things with God, with ourselves, and with others. And I really debated which way should we tackle these. And I really believe that we should tackle peace with God first. And so we're going to do that. Let's look at it. That's the spiritual. That's the eternal. That's the, uh, the idea that it all starts here. You say, why is that? Why did you choose to go this way? Because every other thing in our lives comes back to our peace with God. Any strain that you might be having, any struggle, any conflict, any trouble, any issue in your life comes back to peace with God in our lives. It's all about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. How is that? God and man, right? And it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden when, when uh, Adam and Eve, when they decided um, to, that they thought they wanted to be like God. And the serpent uh, tempted them and tricked them. But th they were saying things like this. Well, I will be the Lord of my own life, right? Or I will do whatever I want. And these are things we say. Or we pretend to be God ourselves. And what is that type of thinking? What does the Bible call that? It calls it rebellion. And when there's rebellion with conflict with God, it affects our relationship with God. And when there's conflict with God, there's a disconnection. And when there's a disconnection, there is absolutely a lack of peace. And that's what we want to look at. You say, that doesn't, that's not how God intended it? Absolutely not. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. We were there last week looking at hope at some verses in Romans chapter 5. In verse number 1, look what it says. It says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith... We have peace with God. Everyone say, peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's rooted in who Jesus is. In the Christmas story, Jesus coming to earth, living a sinless life. God made us to be connected with him. Peace with God. It's not anything that you do on your own. It's not your works or your good looks or your bank account or anything else. It's peace with God. It's not what you can do. It's what Jesus has already done for us, what he did for us on the cross. Amen? It's rooted in that, in Jesus, the Christmas story. What it speaks to me is that peace is here. Peace is here. Just like last week, hope is here. Peace is here. And if you want peace with God, you need to accept what Jesus has done for you. It's spiritual. It's eternal. It's
it's forever. And today, at the end of the service, we are going to give you an opportunity to make your peace with God. And if you haven't done that or if you're away from the Lord, I would encourage you to be praying about responding at the end of the service. And you, you think about it, and it's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Now, we have this first thing, peace with God. Wouldn't it be great if there was only just one thing we had to worry about when it came to peace? But it's not. There were how many? Three, right? And so let's go on to the second one. Not only peace with God, but what about peace with myself? That's the emotions inside, the internal, the things on the inside, the turmoil that, that, that we wrestle with, the worry, our mind spinning out of control, our will, our emotions. These things relate back to having peace with God. In, a, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, we see a verse that, that describes having peace with the peace of Christ. And look what it says, which is the peace of God. It says, let the peace of Christ or the peace of God rule in your heart. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6, I believe. And we see peace here in this. It's the peace of God. That's the internal. When you have peace with God, it gives you the peace of God on the inside. And you look at Scripture in the Old Testament, peace, the word shalom, it meant to, be, to have a well-being or to have harmony or to have serenity. It meant to have the peace of God on the inside. And one pastor, as he was talking about this, as I was studying this week, he said, there is peace for our problems. He said, look, if you've got a broken heart, there's a comforting peace. I love that. He says, if you're confused, there's a guiding peace. If you're ashamed, there's a forgiving peace. If you're worried, there's a confidence peace. And the list can go on and on with hundreds of promises found in Scripture. There is peace for you. Peace with God leads to the peace of God internally. Every single problem that you face that gets you worried, that causes you issues, that there's trouble, there is peace available for those things. It doesn't matter if it's your finances, your work, your business, your physical body. Peace is here. Peace is here. Let that settle in. The peace with God, the peace of God, peace with myself. And then there's a third area, peace with others. Look around the room. We're all human. Just take a look at your neighbor. Go ahead, just look at them. Peace with others. I got some brothers refusing to look at each other here. I'm not, I'm not sure what's up. Oh, there they go. There they go. Okay. Peace with others. The relational part. This is the external. This is what we do with others, those that we rub shoulders with. And it's possible, church, if there's a lack of peace internally that you can hide that, or if you have a lack of peace with God, you might be able to fake that for a while. But when it comes to peace with others and rubbing shoulders with other human beings, how many know you cannot hide when there's a lack of peace within the family, within a business, within a church, within uh, your neighborhood, whatever the case might be? And it starts back with a relationship with God. It works on the inside, but then it manifests. It spews out, so to speak, for others, and there's a lack of peace. 
And the thing I've realized is that the further I get away from God, or the further that we get away from God, the more it upsets our relationship with others. Isn't that the truth? You show me any trouble, any marriage situation, any financial situation, any even, you know, just, just about everything, you can run it through that and say, look, there's a spiritual component. It goes back. The further we get away from God, the crankier we get. Isn't that the truth? That's the way we're wired. We were meant for peace, for unity. But it takes a relationship in understanding who we are in Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, there's a great verse that talks about being uh, that we are children of God. And uh, I love this. Paul, he's, he's dealing with some disunity within the church between the Jews and the Gentiles. They're two different type of people. He's bringing them together through Jesus. And in verse 13, I think that's where we'll start. It says, but now Christ Jesus, you in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. That's Jesus. He is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier and dividing the walls of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making what? Peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. In this verse, we see that peace with others is absolutely important. And it's always linked to Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9. In the church, peace is here, right here, right now. If you're listening online, peace is right here, even in your phone that you're watching this on, <laughs> whatever the case might be. But church, when we have a lack of peace, where do we often look? We often look uh, to others, and we often will blame others, point fingers at others. I want to encourage us that we need to look on the inside. The biggest problem is often me, right? It's, it's each of us on our own. I have been in conflict with God and even within myself, and it's caused conflict with others. It leads to worry. It leads to stress. It leads to insecurity. And it's interesting. Some people have lived with without peace, without the peace of God for so long, they don't even know what they're missing. But there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, verse 7. We'll get there a little later. But when there's a lack of peace, one of the biggest takeaways for me this week is that when there's a lack of peace, there's always pride. And pride can get the best of us, no matter who we are. When there's a lack of humility, our ego is responsible for the stress and the issues in our lives. Any conflict, period, pride has got in the way. And the truth is, is God is moved not by our pride, never. He's moved by our humility. 
and he wants to, us to come close. He wants us to understand our need for him, our dependency, and the solution this Christmas for a lack of peace in our lives is rooted in Matthew chapter 11. Turn with me there. These words of these few verses here will be a gift to many this Christmas, and it will help you to, be, to make this Christmas a Christmas to remember. Look what it says. This is the solution. This is the antidote to a lack of peace. It says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I, that's Jesus, will give you rest. In some of your versions of the Bible, it will say peace right there. I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find peace. You will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound good? The weight is lifted. The heavy pulling, Jesus is helping, right? You come to Jesus you don't just go turn to a pill or to a program or to a philosophy. You, the answer is in a person. The person is Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. In church, peace is here. When you're connected with Jesus, you're yoked up with him, and then you get overloaded and the tensions uh, mount and there's fear and you're unsettled. There's issues. Where do you turn? You should yoke up with Jesus. You connect with Jesus. Many of us will turn to a hobby or turn to a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine or a movie or you read a book or you sit down and you get lost in the Internet surfing. How do you unwind? The point is we need to turn to Jesus, not to these man-made these things that will not satisfy. When you get yoked up with Jesus, he will help you. He will pull you through the hard times. He will lighten your load. Anxiety is gone. You're tossing and turning. Can't sleep at night. Your kids may be out of control, but when you turn it to Jesus, he's the one that will help. Your finances, your health, you run your, your life through that grid. You bring it to Jesus, and there's a promise of peace. The peace of God, peace with God, and even, believe it or not, peace with others. Peace with others. You know, at Christmas time, commercialism has got out of control, hasn't it? And we think that stuff will make us happy, that will give us peace. Money, a car, time off, anything. But peace does not come from externals. Peace comes from the inside. I was studying yesterday, and the mail came. And so I stopped my studying, went out and got the mail. And in the mail, I, I subscribed to Outside Magazine because I like the outdoors. And uh, on the front of it, it says, relax. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Relax. And then the article that goes along with this talks about 17 different ways to beat stress and feel great. And I thought, that's cool. I'm talking about peace. Maybe there'll be something there. Well, I think they missed it because they talked about learning to knit, <laughs> 
taking up a new sport, getting your hands dirty, taking a staycation. They talked about hitting the snooze button or taking a nap in a hammock or sleeping outdoors. Now, that does help, I'll, I'll tell you. But, uh, but none of those things. Those are all external things. The solution, the antidote to a lack of peace or the need for relaxation is Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the presence of God. And the neat thing about Christmas is that it's the gift of Jesus and his gift of peace that we can receive. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave you. Not, he says, my peace I give you. There is a gift of peace for us. And that's what we want to experience even today. Now, you might be wondering, how did Alexander's day end up in his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Let's see how his day ended up. At the end of his day, he said, my bath was too hot. I got soap in my eyes. My marble went down the drain, and I had to wear my railroad train pajamas. I hate my railroad train pajamas. It didn't get much better. He says, when I went to bed, Nick took back the pillow he said I could keep, and the Mickey Mouse nightlight burned out, and I bit my tongue. The cat wants to sleep with Anthony, not me. It has been a, say it with me, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. My mom says, some days are like that, even in Australia. And the truth is, is this a fun, fun little book that we can get our mind around? But the truth is, we're going to have days that just don't make sense. But there can be a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not in, your, in, your, in the notes here, but Philippians 4, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the promise of peace. We thank you that this can be a Christmas that is different, that there might be turmoil in my family or turmoil at work or my finances might be so tight I don't know what to do. Or I may have issues with my health and maybe pain has been a, a factor. There can be peace even in the storm. And God, I pray that we would turn to you, that we would find you, you, the Prince of Peace, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Earlier, if I could have your eyes on me for a moment, I mentioned that at the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to make your peace with God. That's that first step, peace with God. In order to do that, you need to understand that Scripture says that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. There's no one righteous. And the truth is, is you can't make it to heaven unless your sins are forgiven, unless you're made perfect. And Jesus, when he came to earth at Christmas, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for you and for me. He took our sin on his shoulders and on his back. And he provided a way for us to know him, to have 
peace with Him. And this morning, if you don't have peace in your life, if your life is out of control, or you you've walked away from God for a season, today we're calling you back. And I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer. And as I pray this prayer, this can be your prayer. I want you to agree with me in prayer. And, and then we'll we'll give you some next steps. Let's pray this prayer. Say, dear Lord, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And Lord, today I put my faith in you. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong, for the mistakes I've made. But I believe that when you died for me, you, you took my sin. And so, Lord, I'm putting my faith in you. I believe in you, Jesus. Lord, save me. Redeem me. Make me your son or daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. With your head bowed and eyes closed, if you're saying, Pastor, that was my prayer. I would love for you just to slip up your hand if you're responding to a salvation prayer today. Anybody at all? Two people, first service. Yes, we have two up front here. Anybody else saying, yes, I need to get my life right with the Lord. Coming back to the Lord or maybe a first time salvation. Never had a relationship with Jesus. Anyone else? For the sake of the two, I'll connect with you guys here momentarily. Momentarily, we have some next steps for you. But could I get that, your eyes on me, the rest of you? And let's go ahead and stand here as we prepare to, for our final song. The peace of God can rule and reign in your life. No matter what tragedy, no matter what kind of issues that you are facing, it's available but it comes from a relationship close, intimate with Jesus. There's a story that goes with the song that we're about to sing. Some of you have probably heard this before. It's a story of Horatio, and I don't know how to say his last name, but he was a prominent Chicago lawyer back in the 1850s or so and was a business. His business was thriving. He owned a lot of different properties in, throughout the city. And he and his beloved wife and his four beautiful daughters and his one son, they, by all indications, they were living the blessed life. I mean, God was blessing them from the outside. It looked like they had it all together. And But no matter how much faith they had, their son came down with scarlet fever, and they lost their son. And I know that some of us have had loss, and some of us, even this year, it's the first year without a loved one. And can you imagine... And just as Horatio hit the pinnacle of his profession, he loses his son, and then the Chicago fires destroyed nearly every piece of real estate that he, that he owned. In, 19, or in 1873, Horatio decided to treat his wife and his daughters who were left to a much-needed escape to go to Europe. So they put him on a boat to Europe. And he planned to join them shortly after, after he did some business, finalizing some business in Chicago. And just a few days later, he received, and some of you know, a dreadful telegram from his wife. It said, saved alone. And it bore the excruciating news that the, his family, his family ship had sunk. 
wrecked and four of his daughters, all four daughters were lost, including 222 other people and all lost their life. Horatio got on the next ship, headed across the sea to go be with his wife. And on his way, he wrote this song, It Is Well, passing over the same sea that took the life of his four daughters, having lost all of his property, having lost his son, and he wrote the words, It is well with my soul. And as we sing this song, I want this song to be a reminder that we, as God's people, can experience the peace of God. And we can take the peace of God into our community and make a difference. But it all starts back being right with God, being right with Jesus. Pastor Bobby, let's go ahead and sing this song, and uh, let's let this just, just wash over us and let it be a real blessing. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that this song would do just as it's intended to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you meet us right where we are, that you're there in the hard times. Lord, you offer us to yoke up with you, to connect with you. And Lord, you promise to do the heavy lifting, the heavy pulling. No matter what we face, Lord, our hope is found in you. And the peace that we desire, it comes from you, a right standing with you. And Lord, I pray that it would trickle into peace with our own selves, our emotions, the turmoil inside, the issues we struggle with, our minds and our hearts. Lord, I pray that it would trickle to the relationships that we have as we walk out of these doors. This Christmas will be a Christmas to remember because the peace of God and the peace with God has overtaken our existence. Lord, let it make a difference in our relationships today and this week and this season. someone as you leave today. God bless you. We love you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.